Hallelujah. We continue with what we've been, uh, we started off yesterday. And tonight I'm going to be discussing some three or four basic uh, reasons or causes why you often come to the place of wrong confessions so that you can check them. It's important if you know them, you'll be able to check them. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Okay. Now, what we're dealing with, if I have to think of taking a test for it, it's supposed to be Romans 10, verse number 10. We said, for what the heart, with the heart man believe it, unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, with death without extensively yesterday. To confess is to assent. In other words, you accept and unbelieving and trusting. You acknowledge it. Amen? That is what confession really means. But you can't confess what you don't believe. Like I said, both of them must work together. You have to believe what you are confessing. And if you have to believe what you are confessing, it means it is something must be in your heart. Something that has been settled in your spirit. Your heart is not the pumping machine of your body. Not the biological lobe that within your, your left hand side or whatever. That is not your heart. Your heart in the true sense is called the spirit of your heart. Take Ephesians, you find that. Amen? So when we're talking about the heart, we're talking about the compartment of your life that actually has to accept and receive. And if you will store, hallelujah, from where you can reproduce, it is the push of life. It is the center by which everything that has been so stored and documented, if I may use the word, uh, you can, they can cause you to do things that naturally you cannot do. Hallelujah. So it's an ascent. Like I said, salvation is not just a matter of you accepting Christ. Salvation is a whole issue. It involves your physical body, meaning God intends for you through the sacrifice of Jesus to live in divine health. It affects all of your being, your health, your spirit, your mind, your soul. Every bit of you is supposed to be redeemed, as it were, supposed to be affected by the the redemptive power of the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen? So, your belief into all of this thing is what we're talking about, salvation. You have to come to that place to, uh, where you can be fully convinced within your spirit that God intends you to be whole and to be sound in mind and even in spirit. Praise the living God. Okay. And uh, we also looked at a few things yesterday talking about uh, the problems or the issues that you can create you know, by the use of your tongue, wrong use of your tongue, as a matter of fact. By the time you don't know how to control your spirit, and you don't know how to control the things you say, we try to establish the fact that the things you say is like a spider's web. Okay? You can kind of form a web around yourself, tie up yourself by the things you say. And the things you, you say sometimes can even be haunting you in the future. Amen? And Jesus made the statement that every callous word you spoke on, you're going to get rewarded for it. Praise the living God. The words that are spoken that are not supposed to be producing life, they will definitely produce that. Just like we read in Proverbs 18 verse 21, life and death are the power of the tongue. And you are free to eat the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. So there is a life that you receive based on the things you say. And the things you say is supposed to be based on the things you know. 
And the things you know are the things that are supposed to be settled in your spirit man. Amen? Hallelujah. And so, tonight I'm going to be looking at uh, three major causes why you use wrong words and how that you should be able to avoid uh, the use of those words or the use of certain words because of certain circumstances. Praise the living God. Uh, I tried to make you understand yesterday that the power of confession is so strong. I tried to illustrate one or two things even with my life for you and some other people. And one thing you must understand is this. When you have come to the place of knowing a thing and you have established it in your mind, you can begin to confess it, I said. Sooner or later, you realize it. I tried to give you a simple illustration. Don't you ever accept that you can be defeated in anything that you want to do? If you are sure you are convinced of it, God has really impressed that in your spirit. Nothing can stop you from getting to your total victory on that thing that you are pursuing. Let me tell you something. Even God, I wouldn't say he was afraid of man, uh, but let me put it this way. God was tempted to make a statement that, remember the Torah of Babel. Is that okay? He said, look, we better go and confront man now because, is that okay? Now that man have determined to build this, there's nothing that is going to stop him because he has made up his mind to build it. So you see what I'm saying? And the mind that God gave to man is still there. God did not take away your mind. He only says you should renew your mind. When he said renew your mind, he's saying use it to do the things of God. Don't use it to do things that are contrary to the things of God. Is that alright? So your mind is very powerful. You can create, you can do a lot of things out of that, you know, dimension of life. Praise the living God. So it's very important. Now let, let me further illustrate this to you. It will help you before I begin to give you the courses. You see... I was speaking to you yesterday when I was talking about the issue of lecturership, I remember. I want to make you see this. In spite of the fact that, okay, well, I read fine art, like I was saying, and we're all lecturers and things like that. It came to a point when I was to do my master's, and I mean PG first, were to do where the pioneer student in the University of Science and Technology. It was a new course that was introduced. I don't call it what I call that. It was called technical education. It was meant for those who have a HND to come in and all that. So they introduced this new course where the pioneer students, there were 21 students that came in there. And all the people that came into that course, all of them were engineering students. Some are reading mathematics, some are electrical engineers, some are quantity surveyors, or whatever. All of those people were the people that came. I remember one of my roommates, in fact, he read... Uh, he was, he was doing, he read pure mass. Pure mass was his course. And he was telling me, he said in his family, you know the Yorubas, they, they are really educationists. He was telling me, he said in his family, if you are reading mathematics, then you are not intelligent. It has to be pure mass or applied mass. Then they say, okay, you are trying. <laughs> so he read pure mass. And then well, he was my roommate who we were together, Lawa. And then, but something strange happened. Now I was the only one among them who didn't really study a course that had mathematics attached to it. Now, all of a sudden we find out we're going to be doing statistics. Amen. So this is serious. Statistics happened to be one of the courses that we have to engage in. And then I said, oh, look at this course. I said, well, it doesn't mean anything. Statistics, no problem. So what I did, 
I wrote all the formulas of statistics that we were studying. We were using one book then. It's called Peanut Statistics. I don't know if some of you have seen it. Now, I wrote all the formulas out, studied the book in and out, wrote all the formulas, just pasted it by my pillow. I wake up in the morning, I'll say, statistics, I'm going to pass you. I will take my Bible, I'll read. Every day I was doing that. I wake up in the morning, first thing I see is statistics, I'm going to pass you. I'll first speak, and then I'll read my Bible. And Barumi was saying, man, you're not serious. You see, this course is a very dangerous course. You see, but you spend time with your Bible. I say, yes, I have to first read my Bible because I want to make you understand that I believe in God. And outside of that, there is wisdom that I have. The man that gave wisdom to do all of these things is many I'm discussing with when I'm reading the Bible. Amen? Now, can I tell you something? We wrote the exams and we went to check our results. And when I went to the office and then they said, what's your name? Call my name. A language came saying, you have right standing. So what do you mean? So you have right standing. No reference. No receipt. I said, are you sure? I said, yes. And then I left the office. And do you know what? We're only three that passed 36. Only three or four. Every other person you have to come back to repeat the subject. I've never done mathematics before. There is nothing impossible for you if you are determined to do it. Nothing. I was speaking to statistics. Look, I'm going to pass you. You can mess me up here. Because you are called statistics. No way. If you're determined to do a thing, you'll be able to do it. Amen? So everything rests on you. If I had gone there and said, ah, well, amen. If I do mathematics, even in school... University or whatever, they didn't do mathematics. How am I going to do this? And maybe I'll go say, Can you help me? And maybe go to my student, my co mate, can you help me? This thing is, I'm beginning to. I would just fail like them. The people who study science or whatever, they fail the subject. Praise the Lord. If you have determined to succeed, you're going to succeed. If you know what you want, speak what you want. It will come to pass. Amen. Praise the living God. Now let me begin to deal with some of the causes that make you to use wrong languages. That turns out to be like waves, trapping yourselves, and all of that. Causes of wrong use of the tongue and confessions. Number one, environment and prevailing economic situation. That's one of the things that enables you or makes you to make confessions that are contrary to the mind of God. Even for you. Right? Let's begin to read Isaiah chapter 8. Let me look at Isaiah chapter 8. Verse 11 to 12. Look at what it says. For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of these people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom these people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Now, let me read it from a simpler translation. Look at it from the message. Verse 11. God spoke strongly to me, grabbed me with both hands, and warned me not to go along with these people, he said. Now, I want you to see the word, these people. Is that okay? Then he said, don't be like these people. 
Always afraid. Somebody is plotting against them. I like that. Don't fear what they fear. Don't take on their worries. If you are going to worry, worry about the holy fear of God of the armies. Hallelujah. The God of the angel of armies. Listen closely. I would like to read verse 12 again. Don't be like these people. Always afraid somebody is plotting against them. Don't you think this is true? And these are the things that makes you to make wrong confessions. Even in your prayers. Even in your prayers. Because you are always afraid. Somebody is always after you. Nobody is after you. But I will say, if you need to be afraid at all, if you need to be worried at all, we're worried about God. How to even know God. How to get deeper into God. Not about somebody plotting against you. Nobody's plotting against you. Even if there be, that shouldn't be your worry. That is how people make wrong confessions. Because we worry about people plotting against us. We fear what they are afraid of. And we come to the place, oh man, you see things are not working. Business is not moving. Things are not blooming. I'm selling this, but no more market. Those are wrong confessions. Hallelujah. Wrong confessions. <laughs> the other day, I... I was driving, I forgot the person I picked on the road. And um, I was showing, okay, okay, fine. This pastor that came from Ghana, William Alto, visited me last week. So I was taking him up to Benin. And there is a man I saw some years back when we were teaching this stuff, the things we were teaching. And then people were saying, oh, come on, this is not of God. And then they come to the place and say, this big man is not saying it. This man is not talking about the kingdom. You're always talking about the kingdom. You are saying this. You are saying that all manner of things. And then some of the brethren were saying, Pastor, this thing. I told them, I said, listen to me. There is a man I often see in these streets. And some of you must have noticed the man. He's always selling catapult in the streets. Have you noticed the man? It's fairly yellow. It's always moving around the coal, you know. It's not too tall. Always with catapults. I personally called Maxwell. I said, Maxwell, I said, can you see this man? I said, yes. This man is staying in the township. He's not having a job with the government. He's selling catapult. And somebody is buying catapults. Meaning, anything you are selling, there is a customer for it. Therefore, the message I'm preaching, there are people that are going to receive it. Also, God used things to teach me. Anything I see, I read meaning to it. That man is still in this town since we came here. He has not left town because there's no money. He's selling catapults. How many people are buying catapults? Catapults or shoot bed. Now, the other day I was in my library. I was looking down. I saw one young man and I saw him with catapults. And I said, yeah, this is a customer to that man. <laughs> and guess, guess what? He's not shooting bed. He's shooting lizard. Because birds are not even there anymore. The important thing is somebody is buying a catapult and the man is living. Are you getting what I'm talking about? He's not worried about what is going on. He doesn't care whether he's not working in an NPC. Man, there's a place for contentment. Knowing that whatever God has given to you to do, if you do it patiently, there is going to be reward in it. Amen? 
So don't have the fear of people. What is making people to be afraid should not be the cause for you to be afraid. That's what I'm trying to make you understand. Be steadfast in what you are doing. Believe in that God has called you to fulfill destiny. Praise the living God. Amen? Don't be like these people. And if you are like them, many times they complain, you're going to complain. Am I right? The same complaint they have is what they're going to have. That shouldn't be your life. You are not like the people. You are not just like the people. You are who you are by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Amen? Say so if you are going to be worried at all, be worried about God himself. Fear God of the angels of armies. Fear him. No other man. Don't let what making people to be afraid make you to be afraid. No way. Hallelujah. Amen? Number two factor is bad situations. Things that make you to make wrong confessions. Bad situations. When situations are ugly, the business is collapsing, things are no longer working, marriage has problems, children are giving you a headache. Bad situations. In fact, literally, your business is, is just going down. If you are not steadfast in God, if God will not help you, you fall into the place of making wrong confessions. Are you still there? Look at that. You know what happened to Job? It's a common story. Right? Great businessman. Business came down. Children dying. Everything's going on. Is that okay? Alright. Look at Job. Job 2. Let me just read this for you. Let me just read this. Job 2, let's look at verse number 9. Hallelujah. Are you there? Praise the Lord. Look at verse number 9. Then said his wife unto him, everything is out in place, out of place now. Is that okay? Then said his wife of him, no, remember, it's not just his children, it's not just his business, even himself was afflicted. Then said his wife unto him, Does that still retain thy integrity? I don't want, what are you still doing being faithful to God? Without this one, no business. Look at your health. Huh? Your health is failing. <laughs> and uh, no children, they are gone. Does that still retain thy great integrity? Cause God. And die. No, he said, better for you not to leave. What are you living for? Hallelujah. What more is here in life? Your business is gone. Your children are gone. And here you are. And then you sit thinking that, oh, praise the Lord. You say, oh, praise the Lord. Something is wrong with you. Now, I don't have poison to give you. But I can cancel your word to do to hang yourself. Cause God and die. Hallelujah. I'm thinking it's like the woman will say, will you take poison if I give it to you? <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. If I'm managing you, it's a problem. With the health now, managing you, it's a problem. Will you take poison? Okay, let you not be that it is my hand that you died in. So, you just cause God and die. Because situations were bad. Hallelujah. Can we get to verse number 10 and hear the reply of Job? This should be a good lesson to us. Look at the reply of Job. 
But he said unto her, Are you there with me? Thou speakest as one of what? The foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this did Job not sin with what? His lips. That is how to be a child of God. What? You want me to cause God just because children died, business is going down, my health is failing, so I should cause God? You're speaking like one of those foolish women. But I believe that women in this place are not foolish women. They are wise people. Amen? Because the wise women are the builders of the house. Proverbs 14. Hallelujah! So here was Job trying to tear down the family just because business were failing. Already in her heart, she detested God, she hated God. In fact, to her, God is no longer in the picture. Because situations were bad in the family. Are you sitting there with me? You say, wives, encourage your husband. Even the things are going down. Stand to encourage them. That is why the Bible says you are help mates. Don't break down if they are breaking down. If the men are breaking down, it's not you to break down. Stand to encourage them. Don't discourage them. Amen? You know, we see women that will come to a point and say, man, I can't continue. What is going on? Say, man, I can't continue so far. How many years am I going to leave? Huh? And they want to pack out because things are bad. No. That shouldn't be your portion. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? I want you to understand what I'm talking about tonight. Bad situations can make you make wrong confessions. But I thank God for the life of Job. Amen. And remember the Bible made us understand that the end of Job or the latter end of Job was better than the former. God have not finished with you yet. He hasn't abandoned you. And he will not abandon you. So even if things are not what you are supposed to see, even if things seemingly are coming down, maintain your integrity with God. Stop making wrong confessions because the confessions you made will become the web that you're going to spin around yourself. Hallelujah. And it will trap you even in the future. Praise God. Let's get another exciting passage. This one I love. Habakkuk chapter 3. Bad situations. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 3. Amen. I'm going to look at Habakkuk 3 verse number 17. Bad situations are not enough for you to mess up and start cursing God and start saying words that are not supposed to be spoken just because certain things are not right. Is it not enough for you to use your tongue to destroy your life? There is much more things, good things, glorious things ahead for you that God has prepared. Eyes have not yet seen the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Though we know all of this by the Spirit, but they are not yet fully manifested. There are a lot of things that God has put in store for your life that will surely show up at the end of the day. Hallelujah. Are you there in Habakkuk? Okay, look at verse 17. Now I want to read from a simpler translation again, the message. Though the cherry trees don't blossom, verse 17, and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are warm eating, and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless, 
and the cattle burns empty. I am singing joyful praise to God. I am turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart against strength. I roar like a deer. I feel like I'm a king of the mountain. Hallelujah. Can you get what Habakkuk is saying here? Everything about his business is gone. Sheep and no sheep. Is that okay? You know, those are in sheep, there's a place I have to keep them. No sheep. The strawberry trees are not blossoming. Even the few ones that have come up, they are kind of eating all by once. Nothing is happening. It's just like what you can find yourself in sometimes. But what solution? What was the attitude? This is definitely an attitude. What was the attitude of Habakkuk in the midst of this? I'm singing praises to God. He said, have a cartwheel of joyful praise unto who? Unto God. It's like saying, I got a truckload of joy and I'm driving towards the house of God to give it to him. You know what he's trying to say? I don't seem to have the crop to offer, but I have praise to give. Are you still there? I mean, what has happened to you that makes you feel well, you can't give thanks to God anymore? The solution is not your mourning. The solution is not insulting yourself or abusing God. The solution is not even you getting angry because things are bad. Solution is in giving thanks to God. Amen? Do you understand that? Sometimes some of, some of us will get angry because things are bad. You don't talk to anybody anymore. Even good money you can't answer. Eh? Are you still there? Come on. Am I talking to someone here? Things are so terribly bad. You can't even... Good money? No, no, no. That is... To, to you, it's an insult for somebody to even tell you good money. Hey, God, God, what, what's good about the money? The person is even insulting you. Oh, you are, you are trying to insult me. Have you come to insult me? Just because the person greets you. Just because things are bad. No. Hallelujah. The solution is not your anger. The solution is not causing the day you were born. It's not even causing yourself. It's not saying, why am I in this world? That is not the answer. How about called had an attitude. What was the attitude? Giving thanks to God. Praise the living God. Now let me show you something. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. So bad situation should not make you make wrong statements and wrong confessions. God loves you more than all of those things you similarly, you say, oh, I'm kind of experiencing. The love of God is greater than them all. First Corinthians 10. Are you there with me? Verse 13. They had no temptation, no trials. Taking you be such as is common to man. Amen? But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to do what? To bear it. There's nothing strange. There's nothing new. There is nothing you're passing through that is new on the face of the earth. Absolutely nothing. So when you say there is no temptation taking by such that is common to man, it simply means what you are experiencing, somebody should be experiencing or maybe experiencing somewhere around the world. It's not peculiar to you. 
So the question, why me, Lord? No. Somebody's got similar situation. Amen. Hallelujah. So you just need to control your tongues. Just control your emotions. Because the good thing is, everything you are going to say is going to come from your emotions. Right? And sometimes it makes you come to the place of being so cold, you are not responsive anymore to the things of God. You want to study your Bible, it's going to be a problem. What is there? Leave me alone. And things like that. You know, David came almost to the same position. And remember what he said. He said, why my soul? Wake up. Why are thou quieting? Why are you so low, my soul? Wake up. He had to stir up himself. Okay. You remember the incident? They went to war, came back in Ziklag, and the wife and children, everybody have been taken. How many of you remember that? All right. People begin to cry. Himself was weeping. And then people were, you are the cause, you are the reason, all of that. And the Bible said, David did what? Encourage himself. The solution is not joining the people to cry. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, because the tears are not going to return the people from the place they have taken them to. The Bible says he encouraged himself. And the next thing he went back to God. Do you want me to pursue? He said, you go pursue and overtake and recover all. He went to God. Instead of making wrong confessions, he went to God. Instead of blaming the people, they were already blaming him. If I, you are lucky that you have people to blame. But David doesn't have anybody to blame. Now, people, they were blaming David. So you are even fortunate because you can, no, it must be that man, it must be that woman, it must be because of my child. You have people you want to blame. David have no one to blame. Are you still there? Hallelujah. But you don't even need to blame anybody. Just take your situation unto who? Unto God. Praise the living God. Stop wrong confessions. They will entangle your life the more. They will bring you down. That things are failing is not enough for you. Let me tell you something. That you are a child of God does not mean you cannot face certain situations. The difference is how you handle your situation. Because of course we are in this world. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. What it means to say, it, even if the things of the world are attacking you, there is a grace you have that also enables you to do what? To overcome. You won't be trapped because things are going wrong in the world. Praise the living God. Your attitude, your response to what is going on is what matters. It was differentiates you from the world and being a child of God. What is your attitude? What is your emotional state because of what is going on? Hallelujah. So may bad situations not make us make wrong confession in the name of Jesus Christ. May you receive strength from today in the name of Jesus Christ. Habakkuk made a strong statement and he said, I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. Meaning, God will surely prevail even if things are going bad. Praise the living God. I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and I gain strength. Amen? You know, sometimes funny things can happen to you. Somebody comes and says, my dear, take heart. You say, uh, yeah, it's because you are not in my position. 
Have you heard things like that? Yeah, yeah, tell because you are not in my position. If you were in my shoes. <laughs> you see, there is, we don't need to, somebody to enter your shoes before you know that you are in. See, but that's a good word. Take heart. I mean, don't break down. Don't allow the situation to overwhelm you. Praise the living God. We're in a story, I think, in China. Last week, there was this girl, I think, is it 19 or 13? No, 19 or whatever about. You know, was to get married and all of a sudden, the husband went and married somebody else. And uh, she got the news. And he said, oh no, she was going to commit suicide. But I'm thinking she was not that serious. Because she went to climb in the place where they can see her. And I said, no, 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 you don't need to climb there. If you really want to commit suicide, you go to the place where people can see you. <laughs> They went to climb there outside of a tall three-story building, came out and was just hanging, I want to die. What you? And then the fire brigade people came, why do you want to die? Oh, my boyfriend got married to somebody else. And I was telling you, I said, I wish you could hear me. I would say, don't hang here because... <laughs> so you know what happened? The fire brigade people came in, brought a cushion, put it down. She jumped down, she didn't hold herself. And then look at what you're looking for. You just want to make news. You're not serious. Amen. <laughs> Jump into a well. No fire brigade will come there. By the time they call it Shlavin Dran, eh? You are serious. Praise God. What, what's, why is that somebody disappoints you? You want to kill yourself? Stupid. What are you talking about? Amen? You got your life to live. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody better will even come. So don't allow any situation to make you take wrong decisions. Hallelujah. Because there's a future for you in God. Amen. Okay, let's move on. Number three, people. Praise God. What did I say? What's number one? Number one reason, environment. Number two, bad situations. Number three, people. All right. I I want you to see how a whole prophet of God came down to the point of complaining because of people. Jeremiah 15. People, people around you, they can make you make wrong confessions, make you make wrong statements about your life. They can turn you up to the point where you think life means nothing, even if God is using you. I remember my was speaking to me a few weeks ago and he said, somebody was asking, what about these courts that have come to this place? And somebody came to him and said, Pastor, they are saying that the fellowship is a cult. And I said, that this is what they are saying. I said, what's new about that? I said, if they don't call you a cult, then you have not started at all. Jesus was a cult man. Apostle Paul was a cult man. Are you still there with me? I remember around 2005, we were in the house and marked the blog on the internet. It was in the evening. And he came, Dad, come and see. And I got to the place, and what was there? He said, David Ogaga from Nigeria and Apostle Paul, they are the Antichrist. On the internet. And my sister said, how do you say this? I said, praise God. He said, what do you mean? I said, look at it. Even the devils could say, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Are you still there? 
Jesus I know, Paul I know. So if I'm equated with Paul, that means we're already occupying the same platform. I will run down my spirit. Are you still there with me? I said, so it's a good thing. I said, but you know what? It's one of the things that enables the ministry to move forward. Because people want to go and find out this court man. Now he's telling me, hey, expectation of Sunday is very great. More people are coming. I said, that is the result of being a court. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? I remember when we started in River State where Azuka is now. People were writing later from Lagos, from everywhere. The Antichrist is in the village. He's called David Ogaga. Don't go there. Don't go there. And you see people coming in the night. Sir, what do you teach? I said, what happened? So we just got a letter from Lagos, from our relations. Is that true? Say yes. I begin to explain. But what you are teaching is the truth. I'll come and fellowship with you. All the people they were writing later to finally begin to join us in fellowship. That's another way for God to advertise your ministry. Amen. I will not make you get crazy. Be stable in your mind, no matter what people say. If you know this is of God, stay there. Are we there in Jeremiah 15? Verse 10. The Bible says, Woe is me, my mother, that has borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither learned on usury, nor men have learned to me on usury. Yet, every one of them doth cost me. Can you imagine a prophet speaking here? He is trying to justify how clean he is. I don't take interest from people. I don't take bribe from people. People don't give bribe to me. Huh? I'm a clean man. But everybody is after me. Everybody is against me. Verse 11. The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in a time of evil and in a time of affliction. Shall I unbreak the knot in iron and the steel? Thy substance and thy treasures will I give to the spoil without price. And that for all thy sins, even in all thy borders. And I will make thee to pass with thy enemies into a land which thou knowest not. For a fire is kindled in my anger which shall burn upon you. O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me for my persecutors. Can you imagine the language of a prophet? Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Can you see the paintings here that this man is? He said, Jeremiah is telling God, hey God, maybe you, maybe you forgot. Yes, you want to take the people to captivity, but just remember me. Can you imagine I'm suffering all this insult because of you? <laughs> you see there. Look at the language coming out of the mouth of a prophet. Huh? Verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy words were unto me in the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Verse 17. I sat not the assemblies of the mockers, nor rejoice. I sat alone because of my of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Can you imagine that? I sat alone. I'm the only one. How many know this is the same thing that prophet uh, with it, Elijah? Remember that? Oh God, remember, I'm alone. But you know Elijah was telling lies. Because of the die, I told him already, I've kept almost a hundred prophets that I'm feeding. He told him. I actually went to God, I'm alone. Because trouble has come, now he's alone. He was lying. Wrong confessions. And he said, 
God, I'm not better than my father. Therefore, let me do what? Let me die. And he said, okay, you're going to die. Because if you have spoken to my ear, so will I do unto you. So for you to die, go ahead and annoy Jehu. Go ahead and annoy that king. Get out of the place. Since you want to die. Amen? <laughs> May your mouth not bring you to early death in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18. Why is my pain perpetual? I'm a wound incurable, which refuses to be healed. Will thou be altogether unto me as a liar? And as the waters that fail? Look can imagine the kind of question that, that, that Jeremiah is asking God. I'm going through this terrible situation, and yet I'm your prophet. You, you called me, you told me I'm your prophet. You gave me the word and I'm speaking. But look at the insult, look at the abuses, look at everything I'm going through. Get into prison, put him in the dungeon. And it's like you have failed me. Amen? Wrong confessions. Now hear what God has to say in verse 19. Therefore thus saith the Lord, If thou wilt do what? Return. Then will I bring thee again. And thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vile. I want you to mark down your Bible. The precious from the vile. Thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee. But return not thou unto what? Unto them. In other words, let the people come to thee. You should not join them to say what they are saying. He said, you know what? If I have to use you to proclaim my message again. Then you have to return. What does it mean to return? To change your tongue. Separate the precious from the vile. The corrupted words you are speaking. Change your language and I will use you. Amen? Look at verse 20. And I will make thee unto these people a fence brazen wall. And they shall fight against them. Against thee. But they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked. And I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Change your language. Let me use you. Not only that. If you change your language, I'll make sure I defend you. Let the people return to you. You shall return to them. Don't join them to complain. Don't join them to say things they are not supposed to say. Don't complain about me and even against me. I call you. I can preserve you and protect you. Wrong use of the tongue will endanger your life. Amen. So God is saying you're suffering the things you're suffering because your language is not right. Towards me and before me. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. May it never happen just because business are down. You're speaking against God. You're trying to paint pictures. You know, I pay my tithe. You know, I'm regular in service. You know, I serve the pastor. I clean the pastor's shoe. You know, I buy him a bow tie. You know, you just can't do all the good things you've done. That's what Jeremiah was doing. I gave to the building. I did that. I did that. But look at my condition. God is saying all these things you are counting amounts to nothing. The only thing that will enable me to look unto you and to bless you and to prosper you is to change your language. Your tongue can endanger your life. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you have a choice. That's what I'm trying to say. In the midst of all this, you do what? You have a choice. You have a choice to be normal. 
Right? In the midst of this kind of terrible situation, bad situation, people around you, environmental situation, you have a choice to be normal. Never to be like any other man. Never to complain. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. Mighty 26 verse 62. Something very precious happened there. Now here was Jesus be taken before the priest and the pilot and all of that and the judgment seats as the case may be. And verse 62 says, And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answered thou nothing? What is it that this witness is against thee? But Jesus did what? Held his peace. Hallelujah. Jesus held his peace. He won't even respond against the accusation, against the witnesses. They were lying against him. Hallelujah. Mighty 26. Did you get it? Hallelujah. They were lying against him. They were telling lies against him. But the Bible said he held his peace. Fulfilling Isaiah 53 verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her at his dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 7. He held his peace. With all the accusation. He said is this. He said it will do this. He just simply kept his peace. You have a choice to be normal in the midst of confusion. Amen. Jesus demonstrated that. Hallelujah. I was counseling with a sister recently. Some horrible things happening to her from a system that she belonged. Traveled her all the way from another city to come meet me here. I'll discuss. At the end of the day, I ask her, why did you really come to me? He said, I, I, want to, I want to get your views and I want to get your opinion. And I said, will you accept whatever I'm going to tell you before I open my mouth to speak? He said, yeah, anything you tell me. That is why I decided I must come. I was like, fine. The only answer I have for you and the solution I have for you from this hour is don't discuss this matter with anybody anywhere else and forgive all those who have hurt you. I'm talking of something that is going to make this person lose some good amount of money. But I said, don't go further than this. He says, is that what you want? He said, I said, it's okay. I'll take it. No problem. If that is what you want, I'm satisfied with that. I'm even happy I came to see you. I said, number two, forgive them from the depth of your heart. Number three, don't you ever have anything called hatred in your heart because of what they have done to you. You can go. Bible said Jesus opening out his mouth. He was accused. All manner of lies came. You, see, you have a choice to be normal when things are rough. Amen? Are you getting what I'm talking about? You have a choice. You can choose to join. You can choose to complain. Fine. But you can choose to be normal. Doesn't matter what is going on. You can still maintain your peace. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Amen. Okay. Let's, let me show you something. Philippians. Let's see if we can begin to pack up. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. You can choose to be normal. You can still choose to enjoy life. 
<laughs> because God has not forsaken you. Amen. Philippians 4, are you there? Look at verse number 4. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say what? Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto who? Unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart. That garrison your heart. Shall protect your heart. And mind through To Christ Jesus. Rejoice. And I say what? Rejoice. How many of you understand that Paul was writing this letter talking about rejoicing, yet he was in prison. He chose not to allow the prison situation to affect his relationship with Christ. He could still communicate. In fact, most of the letters he wrote from prison were very heavy weighty letters. The prison environment was no problem to him. Here was a man, for instance, that had the revelation of going to Macedonia, going to Asia, got the vision, they went. Right there, they caught him, put him in prison. And people will say, God was, um, Abraham, this guy was rebellious. He wasn't rebellious. There are some things you can understand about the workings of God. Hallelujah. But remember, before then, he told him, I'm going to bring you before the kings to speak to the kings. It was because they put him in prison that he has access to the king. To go defend himself. <laughs> the ways of God are mysterious. Are you sitting there with me? But Felix and everybody... It was because he was a prisoner. That's why he has access to go talk to those people. Praise God. So right in prison, he says rejoice. In other words, don't allow any situation around you to change your language. You can take what we just read now, take it to Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. You'll find that they are saying the same thing. No matter how rough the situation is, one thing that is going to keep you selling is the spirit of joy. Hallelujah. The spirit of joy. Praise the living God. That thing will keep you moving. That will keep you selling no matter what. And the good thing about it is the more you stand and die, the more God is going to come through for you. Praise the living God. So let's not allow situations, whether they be people, whether it be environment, whether it be economic situation, whether the money is not there, and the money is not coming the way you least expected it. Forget about that. God is still God. Amen? Stand up and let's pray for tonight.